Entrepreneurs can get stuck in their head. If you dream of changing the world, but you're not sure where to start, the Ad Valued Entrepreneurs podcast will help you transform your life and business. This podcast is for entrepreneurs who want more freedom and fulfillment from their work so they can live the life that they desire. You deserve it, and it is possible. It's time for you to add value. This episode is brought to you by Perfect Publishing. Perfect Publishing is a different approach to publishing a book. Perfect Publishing is sharing a project of hope. We carefully chose heroes of hope who exemplify living a life they created through faith, hope, patience, and persistence. No matter what page you open to in this mini cube of hope, you will find a leader with a big heart. You see you are not alone. The authors may share similar challenges that only hope and action could resolve. Get your free ebook at getadoseofhope.com. Get a dose of hope.com. Today's guest is our first guest from France, Natalie Doremu. Natalie helps heart centered entrepreneurs turn their expertise and influence into recurring income by helping them create and grow online programs that impact millions and create unique experiences. She and her husband do this through the membership lab. Born in France, Natalie and Oliver. Her boyfriend at the time, now husband, moved to the U.S. in 2005 to go live the American dream, landed in San Francisco and worked there for 10 years before moving back to France to start to live life on their terms and embark on the entrepreneurship journey. Natalie enjoys running, walking, gardening. Apparently, she can grow orchids. Her favorite activity will always be spending time with her three children, husband, two dogs, and Oreo the cat. Natalie Doremu and Robert discuss creating a business by solving problems. Now they take their expertise and built the life that they want because of the freedom of entrepreneurship. Her and her husband empower others to grow their own businesses and make an impact on the world through online e-courses and now software to support content creators. Well, Natalie, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm excited to have this conversation, and I think you might be my first guest from France. All right. Thank you so much for having me, Robert. Absolutely. So we start each episode with our guests just sharing their their story and how they got into entrepreneurship, what made them make that decision. And so I let you share your unexpected trip into entrepreneurship. Yeah, it's actually pretty unexpected. So I was actually not um, going to be an entrepreneur. I really became an entrepreneur uh, by accident almost. I would say by love even. So what happened is that I, I met my husband uh, in college and uh, after our studies, we decided to move back to the U.S. to live the American dream because we were in France, right? So we stayed there for 10 years. We had three kids. Uh, we were living in California, San Francisco, and we had a great life, but very stressful, lots of driving, um, lots of commute. I fell asleep at the wheel twice. Ouch. And yes, <laughs> one of one was on the bridge, <laughs> the San Mateo bridge. And, and one day my husband said, uh, do you want to move back? And I said, yes. So we sold everything and we moved back to France, thinking that we were going to only stay here for two years, you know, spend more time with the family. We had three kids, so we wanted them to get to know the family better and things like that. And it turns out that we never went back. 
So one of the things that my husband, Olivia, has always wanted to do was be his own boss. He was not happy as an employee, even though we, we were in the biotech and he was director of software engineering. So he was doing something that he really enjoyed. But there was this thing about, you know, being your own boss, right? Working on your own terms. And um, so th there was an opportunity. Well, so let's do it. You know, we have some money on the side. Let's start a business. So it actually didn't go quite as planned because, you know, it's one of those things where when you think you have time, <laughs> well, you don't have time because money runs out eventually. So six years into this, we really found ourselves our back against the wall, no more money. And we had to make a decision. And that's when things started to shift for us and the business started to take shape and we started to make money. But in the process, my husband fired me not once, but twice, <laughs> right? Because I was not an entrepreneur, you know, in my head, I was going to be the employee that does, you know, the thing that she's supposed to do, but he didn't see it quite that way. <laughs> so that's the general story on how I became an entrepreneur. Like I would never do this alone. It's really a family business. And I really did it to support my husband in wanting to be his own, his own boss. Well, I love the statement became an entrepreneur by love. Yes, <laughs> that, definitely. That, that's fantastic. And then, of course, you know, the idea of be his own boss. And yet, you know, the realities of, of building a business and serving clients um, requires us to, to, to do a lot more. Yeah. But, but obviously, you guys have figured out how to design and build your business around your family and around the lifestyle that, that you want. And so I, I want to dig in a little bit there about the challenges of building a business around your family and and really designing a business to serve the lifestyle that you want. Yeah. So so really, when when we move back, so the first thing that we did when we move back. So right now we are in the south of France. And there is not a lot of light in the room because it is so hot. Okay, so I'm gonna go and jump in the pool right after this interview. Okay, so we actually chose the city where we wanted to go because we wanted a certain lifestyle. So if we're, if we're going to do this, we chose the lifestyle, we bought the house that we wanted before we had the successful business. So it's been tough, but in a way, we we're always surrounded by the life that we want and how we make it happen. And I think that this has helped a lot. You know, it's just setting the tone for this is what we want. We are not settling for anything else, for an apartment in the city or something like that. We want a big land, we want a pool, we want the countryside, we want it to be hot, not too hot, close to family, but not too close. Two hours is perfect. <laughs> so, you know, that's really how we chose to lose. And that's really where it started. The second thing that really, really happened is we realized too long. And again, it's it's Olivier, my husband, that realized that because he was he's so curious and he's always, you know, so out there. And he's, he was already following some of the people, you know, in the online space from the U.S., and he, he, he really identified that we needed help. You know, when, when you, you come for a corporate and, and you've been successful and you've made, you know, really pretty good money, you have this 
this feeling that maybe you can do anything, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be that hard, but you don't realize all the mental blocks that are going to come in the way and all the procrastination that are not going to make you do things. So for six years, what we did is we developed software because we were software engineers. We completely um, tried to avoid marketing and sales because we're like, ah, we hate it. We don't want to hear it. We're going to build something that's so good that everybody's going to want to buy it. And guess what? That didn't happen. <laughs> So really the, 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 the other thing that really happened, the, the turning point was surrounding ourselves with people that can actually help us in the areas where we are not expert, we are not good. Because there is no possible way you can be good everywhere. <laughs> well, absolutely. Well, and, and I understand entrepreneurs that, that hang out their shingle and, and hope our product is so good, the world will just love it and they'll come they'll come running after it when they know that we've made this. And, and of course, they don't even know you exist. Exactly. It's like you are invisible. You are invisible. So we really learned this the hard way because we had to let go of that side of the business and really went into the online space, building websites and now building membership sites, online courses, helping people create recurring income and, and really finding our niche and our audience. So let's talk about that that niche that that audience. How so many entrepreneurs avoid the the niche, the, the, and of course, in the beginning, you know, we want anyone with a credit card. So you know, if somebody shows up and and they've got a credit card, we're we're willing to take their project, but sometimes it's not a good fit, and 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 it actually turns into a negative instead of instead of a positive. So how did you guys identify your niche and and grow, you know, from there? So, I mean, at the beginning, to be honest, you just take any project that comes along, you know, you need the money and it's by working people with people that you actually identify the people that you really don't want to work with. And then you can identify some gems. You're like, oh my gosh, if I cannot find another Paula or another Gita or another Sandra, you know, so it's by working with people that you really figure out who you like to work with, who you can really support who you can make the best impact for, right? Because at the end, I mean, our business works a lot through referrals, people, either clients coming back to us, we have clients that have three memberships with us, or people that see a link in the membership that they are part of and they see the footer and they see, oh, this, this company building, they click and they come to us and they book and they're like, I want something very similar. So, if you are serving people and making people results, then this is what's going to drive more of the same people, right? So, but but you have to start somewhere. Oh, absolutely! I I love that. You know, just just getting started, starting somewhere. So you mentioned earlier. Um, let's see the 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 mental blocks and the idea of your your back against the wall. What what helped you guys push through those mindset shifts that you needed to make? Um, well several things that happened. So um, one thing that I did that I felt I had to do is I started to apply for jobs, <laughs> knowing that the money that I would be getting will not sustain our lifestyle. That was not going to work, you know, with the French market, you know, the, the, the salaries here, that was not going to work. But I did it. I had three interviews, 
two offers where they offered me the money that I asked. I didn't take the jobs, but that was enough to bring back my confidence that if I really had to, I could go back and we might have to change our lifestyle, you know. So the first thing is really, is, is really this piece is like having a, not a safety net, but like a, a way out, like, you know, in, in case this was not going to work. The second, the second thing I think that we did was um, really to build that network of peers. So that's something that I did really, really early on of people that were in teams that introduced me to other people. So now I am part of this and, and that's, that dates back to 2013 and I'm still in these circles. So it's really the, the idea that you are not alone. Like I cannot do this alone. So the mental block of um, I'm not worth it, you know, uh, uh, why am I different than others? Why people should choose me? Uh, how much should I charge? You know, like, I'm, am I charging too much? All these things, you know, when you surround yourself with people that lift you up, you know, then that's how you, you overcome, you know, all of this. So they, they're still present. They come back, right? But it's being surrounded, you know, by these people that remind you the, the results that you're getting. I mean, sometimes I, I listen to the, to, to the testimonial videos people make me, or I have this folder full of screenshots of people saying great things about me. I need that, that thing. But I would say the key, the turning point when I started to really believe that I can help. Like if you don't believe, you can't expect people to believe in you. If you don't believe in what you're doing, that you can help people. So that's really what I realized I really had to work on. But once I got that, then things got a lot, a lot easier. Oh, so good. So you mentioned in there two, two really important things. First, the, the power of connection and, and having connection. So I want to dig back into that. But I really want to touch on that celebration piece and the value of collecting your mentions and, and having people say good things about you and, and good things. And, and some people feel like that that's, you know, an ego thing, but the realities of entrepreneurship, this, this up and down roller coaster that, that we ride in the beginning, especially um, it's important to be able to, in those low moments, it's important to be able to have something um, to pick you up. So, and, and the other thing I think marketing on the marketing side, it's so much more valuable to, to market what other people are saying about you rather than what you're saying about you and so being able to use those mentions as as marketing material so let's talk about the the value of collecting those and and keeping those in one place you know david goggins in his book called it a cookie jar right he put the notes of good things people said about him in the cookie jar and whenever he was down he'd pull those out but for for those of us in the online space especially those creating membership sites creating uh online education sites to collect those mentions and then use them in your marketing. So, so there's kind of two parts, right? Build yourself up and, and help yourself in the low moments, but also put it, putting those out there and saying, these people loved me. <laughs> Listen yes. to what they're saying about me because that's so much more valuable than what I'm saying about me. Yeah. I mean, I'm so glad you're talking about the ups and down because there, there is one thing that 
I wouldn't say bothers me, but that that has kind of like a fake feeling to me is social media, <laughs> where you would always people would always be showing the success and by the pool and the Rolls Royce or the Porsche and like, but in in the back end you don't know if they are like burned out. If they are super stressed, if there is something else that is going on, they only show you the good. Well, even and even the good you can't trust because they can go out and rent the Porsche and they can rent a hotel and they can rent a they can Airbnb the house to take pictures. I have been in conferences, right, where during the break, someone would go on the stage and have them recorded like they were on that stage. I have seen that. Okay, so well, that's good. I mean, that's good for a vision board. Absolutely, that's a, that's an incredible absolutely. vision board. Marketing, it's just so wrong. But like for yeah, for visualizing yourself, you know, absolutely. So it's it's really about. Um, so there is this notion, and I, I I learned this from Fabian Fredrickson, This notion of the wheel of the vortex, and basically is you have to find four or five things that lift you up when you are in that down moment and for people that can be listening to your into to your testimonial videos that can be picking up the call and talking to a client that can be speaking to a friend going for a walk listening to a podcast meditation yoga whatever that is but you got to figure out what are those things that puts you back in the right energy and for me it's definitely looking at what i've accomplished you know, sometimes when I'm like, you know, because things don't go as I, I put too much in my plate, you know, I'm not focused enough, I, I, I procrastinate, you know, there's all these things that are going on right now in our business, in, in my business. And, and then my husband is like, Olivier is like, you also have to remember that you, you, you say you're, you're, you're shy, you're an introvert, but you've sold for over seven figure through a Zoom call like this. Okay, so... There is that. And I'm like, yes. I also have this. Uh, this is helping as well. This might sound cheesy, but see those 100,000 100, checks that I wrote to myself and they're just sitting on my desk, like here. It's about showing that I'm worth what I'm doing, that I'm delivering results. And then that's enough for me to, you know, pick me back up. That's fantastic. All right. So now let's go back. The other piece you mentioned was surrounding yourself with peers and like-minded entrepreneurs, like-minded business people that some have gone on that journey before, but really the power of connection and the power of creating a network. Yeah. So this is something that I started really, really early on. The first online course that I, that I purchased, there was this pre-work where you could start to connect with other people you know, in that work that also purchased the course. And I started to reach out and that was super hard for me because I've never done that. And those are people that I'm still connected with today. They brought me business. I brought them business. So it's, it's about just realizing that we are all in different journeys. And when one is up and the other one is down, that's how we manage to, um, Sometimes, you know, it's like we're all going to have downs. What's important is how fast do you come back up, you know, and, and, and it's that power. Like I could not do this alone. You know, even now, you know, we, are, we haven't traveled in quite a while and, and it's hard to not see people, right? To just connect 
on a different level than on a Zoom, you know, just uh, seeing other entrepreneurs. Like I, I, I went to an event a couple of weeks ago in France, first event in France in 16 years of business, okay? Wow. And when I came back, I was like all energized. I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like a business owner, you know, with all these people that also have businesses. I'm like, oh my God. I don't feel like I'm working from my home and trying to do my thing and make some money. I do have a business, right? So it's so important to, again, you know, just surround yourself with, with, with those people that have the right, you know, the positive attitude and share the same values uh, that, that you share. And because, um, you know, like you, you can't do this alone. I mean, I could not. Yeah, very few, very few really can. And 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 that's a challenge, especially for software developers, right? They're they're typically introverts and they love to sit in a corner and and not have other human contact. Uh, but the truth is to market your business, to put yourself out there, is you, you have to make a choice to to be extroverted for a period of time. <laughs> Even if that means extroverted on a Zoom call or a webinar or or even a, a Facebook live. <laughs> Exactly. It's like you have to be more excited by the possibility and the impact that you can have than the fear, the feeling. You know, I, I, I spoke on stage, I think it was in 2015 in front of 200 women. And I saw that when I got the opportunity, I'm like, I can say yes or I can say no. If I say no, I know I would regret it. So I'm going to say yes. And I saw that I would freak out. But turns out I was more excited by the opportunity than stressed by the fact of making a fool of myself. And it turned out great. And that's because I really, really wanted to make an impact with those women. I wanted to show them that this girl, the shy introvert that has very low self, that had very low self-esteem, that had a difficult childhood can make it when she surrounds herself and actually my whole speech on stage was about building your network oh. that was that was my thing that's that's what made me go through that at that time my coach was saying you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable right it's not because it feels uncomfortable that you should not do it right so you do it and it's about how you feel when you get to the other side oh so valuable we mentioned a little earlier about um, some of those people marketing and, and uh, you know, driving the Porsche and, and taking pictures by the pool. So let's talk about the importance of well, character on, on one side, but when you're working with entrepreneurs who are building online businesses and, and online memberships and courses, let's talk about the importance of, of authenticity and the value of your own story. Yeah. So I truly believe, you know, and, 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 and I tell, you know, my clients this as well is if you're trying to be somebody that you're not, people are going to find out and it's going to be really hard. I remember I had a peer in my mastermind that it was like, but how do you do that? How do you be yourself? And I said, it's the easiest thing in the world. Just don't pretend like I on social media, there are things that I don't do that I don't share. And, and I know deep down and I'm like, is there value in me sharing this? Is it bringing value or is it boosting my ego? If it's boosting my ego, I can just look at it. I don't have to share it. 
but that's me. And therefore, by doing this, I'm naturally attracting the people that connects with that. So the more unique you're going to be with all your flows, the more you're going to attract the people that you're meant to work with. And that's true whether you're a coach or you sell an online course or you sell a product or a membership. It's about being authentic, sharing as much as you want to share from your private life. Some people share a lot. I don't share a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm not. That's not something that feels authentic to me. Uh, but it's that, that's how you're going to attract, you know, the, your ideal people, the people that see you for who you are. And for that, you have to show up as who you are. Absolutely. And, but there is a place where where you don't have to. Now, obviously, if you're if you're radical in a viewpoint, you, you should share that radical viewpoint. But, you know, I, I think some people post or share other posts about politics or or even religion. And if those things aren't an element of your membership and they're not an element of your everyday life, right? You can hold those views and yet not put that out there on social media. And that's not being inauthentic, right? That's being wise. That's having wisdom in in what you share and and what you post. Absolutely. So uh, when there was a time where I felt, you know, that you can see when people are posting to get, uh, hell yes or hell no, you can tell, right? Uh, and I used to say, you know, like, why would they do that? But then I realized that it's their personality. You know, I've, I've, I've done a lot of work into finding out, you know, how I am wired and things like that. I lead with harmony. I want everybody to get along. So nice. I'm not going to get into an argument. Of course, I have opinions. I don't wish to share my opinion on certain things because I think it's my own business, right? It's not going to, I don't, and I don't want to have to argue. I don't want to have, I don't need or want to convince anybody. So if somebody asked me, I would tell them, but it's not a subject. But I, I get that for some people, it's in their personality to be like this. And they're going to attract people that are going to love them. And they're going to have people that hate them. <laughs> so, and, and, and that's and they're okay with that they're like yes i'm doing something right you know i'm i'm you know if, if they don't like it then that means there is a trigger you know and and, and in business you're all sometimes looking for these triggers absolutely well the, the challenge is for the people in the middle of the road right you're you're alienating a potential audience if that's not something that you're so strong about right and so I think there is wisdom in in choosing what you share, but share stuff that that comes from here, right? Share stuff that's in alignment with who you really are, um, and and of course your own personal posts. But if you don't need to, to to radicalize your audience, why why would you why would you alienate the potential of half half your customers? Yeah, and and I think some people some people think well, you know. I've got free speech, right? That's a big part of being American is is mm-hmm. I get to say what I want. And and of course you do, you get to say what you want, but then the consequence is you may not get the customers that you want. Exactly. And and it's really, I mean, I, I see it, you know, there is this one specific woman, she has a very successful business, but all she posts is negativity. Ooh. How somebody said that or how, 
And it's working because people comment and they get all triggered and they buy your stuff. <laughs> and she's okay with that. I mean, I could not. That would just drain all my energy. I could do that. But I get how, how she's wired. It works for her. And, and if that's boosts her energy and gives her momentum and, and the motivation and all that stuff, then and it attracts the people that like it, sure, why not? But it's not for me. Right. I'm with you. I, I mean, our, our media and our news and all those built their entire business model on on negative right the the, the drama of yeah oh drama exactly yeah, the drama of fire and war and hate and all the things that yeah. are happening and i definitely i'm with you i couldn't i couldn't live in that space and and that's why i i no longer watch <laughs> any of that media any of news or, or anything because i want to protect i want to protect my heart and i want to protect my mind um, from those things because I'm too, as an empath, I'm too sensitive to those things. <laughs> so, so yeah, negativity is, is, but it, but there's a time when you, you get sucked into it. Right. And, and people get caught up in, in the negative of what's going on in the world and, and, oh, this, oh, that. And so one of the, obviously one of the areas I work with people is, is figuring out well, what are the things you can control and what are the things you can't control, and let's focus on the ones that you can control, yeah, exactly. and and, exactly. and and let's have a plan for handling those so that we spend a lot less time worrying about these over here that you have no no control out of over at all. Exactly. We will be right back after this short break. This episode is sponsored by the newly released book Dream Life Planner: Move from Tired and Overwhelmed to Free and Empowered by Noelle L. Peterson, available on Amazon. Or you can order a personalized signed copy at empower, E-M-P-O-W-E-R, to dream.com. That's empower, number two, dream.com. If you enjoy the show, please like and subscribe. Leave a review. Tell your friends. Welcome back. Let's get back to more greatness. It's, uh, it's, it's not because we don't express how we feel about certain things that we don't have feelings or that we don't have an opinion. It's just that we're choosing not to share it, right? So it's, um, I think you just have to respect, you know, how people, you know, how people are wired and how they want to uh, show up, you know? Absolutely. All right, so speaking on this positive side of things, for me, gratitude is, is a powerful attitude shifter. How has gratitude served you in, in your personal development and in your business? So this is something that I don't do enough, but again, uh, you're going to see, I'm going to show you. I have these cards, I am abundant. You know, I have these affirmations and gratitude cards that I can read on my desk anytime. This is something that I've been, I would say not struggling, but I don't, didn't really believe in, especially early on. You know, all the meditation and the thing, it's like, okay, my gosh, sitting down for like five minutes and what do I do when your mind wanders and it's supposed to be good for you. And, and um, it's by practicing that you realize, you know, manifesting, 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 yeah, manifesting and gratitude is about attracting, you know, you, you, you basically attract more of what you are thinking about, about who you are, right? People that focus on negativity only bring in more negativity. So this gratitude piece, being happy with what you have, which 
kind of goes with what you said, what you have control over, instead of dwelling on the past that you cannot change, right? This is what helps you moving forward, right? This is, again, putting you in the right vortex so that any decision that you make is a de decision towards something good instead of acting out of fear of anger of something that happened earlier that you had no control over. So, so let's dig into that a little bit. You mentioned that you didn't believe in it and you weren't sure of it. So what, what, what helped you start to believe? What helped you to see? And, and what results have you gotten from that shift? So again, the power of network and community, you know, being in a group, in a coaching group, in a mastermind where this is an integral part of the teaching. So I remember when we were going into like two day workshops there is the whole first part of the session before there is any teaching to put us in the right vibration and the right energy. And it's about realizing what you've accomplished because we never take the time for that. We talked about the testimonial and stuff. We never. Why? Why it worked? What are the key indicators? You know, what it is that you did at work? Gratitude for what you have, for the people around you and things like that then working on your belief like if the training was going to be about building a team she would knock down all the objections about not being ready to build a team like she would make you work on that and once you're all set okay these are all your objections this is how we we've we are overcoming them okay now we're ready we're like oh let's all build a team and now we get into the training and, and she does that for every single, she was doing that for every single workshop. And, and that's how I realized that if you're not in that space, when you make a decision, you're probably not going to make the best decision. So making sure that you are in that gratitude, this positive energy before you make the decision. Oh, so really valuable. Yeah, so valuable. So You've mentioned mentors and coaches being in, in, in a group in the right places. Um, how have mentors or coaches directly served you? And what do you recommend to your clients when when they need you know mentorship or, or coaching? So so I think it's different for people, uh, for everyone. Uh, everyone is unique. There are some people that can go quite a long way without needing assistance, depending on their level of self-worth. You know, some people are, you know, they they just believe in themselves. You know, they're like, you know, they, they, they have less um, of these issues, but everybody has the money mindset, you know, the mental block or, you know, is this going to last and things like that. So it's only a matter of time when you keep going where these things start to creep up, right? So uh, for me, it was early on, you know, like from the beginning. And what they've brought me is they gave me clarity on what was going on. And it's really in the last three, I would say three years, where for the first time I had a coach that first helped me figure out how I was wired. So that's how I realized that I am harmony first. So if a coach is asking me to call an employee and tell her that I'm not happy, I'm never going to do it. I'm going to find an excuse 
to do it by email or something. So she's not going to tell me call. She's going to say, Natalie, I know, I know, I know your, your, how you're wired. So let's do it, you know, maybe by email or let's find another way to have the conversation. So she showed me that the way I'm wired, I don't have weaknesses. I just have areas where I need support, right? And the minute I found that out, and then she, of course, she highlighted my strengths, which is empathy. I'm a great listener. I'm a connector. I love connecting people. Uh, and that's what, uh, that's where I am the most, uh, I make the most impact for people. So I make sure that I, I operate in that area. And then on the other area, I get help. Right? Yeah. So, so you mentioned, I missed part of it. Don't have weaknesses, just have less ability. Strengths, you know, so I don't have weaknesses. I have areas where I need support, you know, like having the tough conversations and things like that. Um, also, I'm not wired to be an entrepreneur. I'm, I'm not some, somebody that takes risks. And, and it's okay, you know, like when, when so we, we did this, uh, you know, personality test and you, you, you get rated on, on, a, on a scale of one to 10, 10 being you're the entrepreneur, right? I am a two. <laughs> I felt terrible during, during the, and it was live, it was in Paris, it was live. I felt terrible. It's like, well, I'm, I'm not in my, I'm, I shouldn't be here. I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm, I'm a two. That, that is just confirming what I saw. It's like, I'm not good enough to do this. And she's like, no, 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 no. What this just means is that you make sure that you surround yourself with somebody that is, and you get extra support. What's important is that you are aware you are too. Therefore, you need to be surrounded when you make decisions because on your own, you are not going to probably make those risks, decisions. It's going All to right, be- let's, let's dig into that. And obviously you mentioned that your husband fired you twice. And so I'm sure that that played a piece in this. But when you found out that you're a two on this whole entrepreneur scale, um, what was your conversation with your husband and, and saying, like, look, dude, I'm not an entrepreneur. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we knew we kind of knew before that he was the entrepreneur and, and, and I was not. And and I think that that really helped in a way, because if I'm being honest, he wanted me to be. And I'm never going to be like he is having 10 ideas a day and, you know, doing all the stuff. I'm never going to be. But now that allowed me to show him this is how I am wired. So we have to respect that and we have to work with that. But in the other way around is it helped me understand how he is wired. Because now when we get into a meeting and we can spend two hours talking about what could be and I'm like, okay, let's have a to-do list because otherwise these two hours is a waste of time. What do uh -oh. we need to do? It starts to frustrate, to stress me out that we've spent two hours talking about what could be, but there was nothing tangible. And I kept oh. telling you, I need tangibles at the end of the meeting. I need a tangible. I, I need that. But now we understand it. All so right. that's sounds like, sounds like you should be chatting with my wife because we're... Uh... <laughs> Similar. Well, yes. So I definitely am a dreamer and she's definitely the list maker. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, that's what it is. You have different personalities. You can't be changed. You have to understand that the other person is wired differently. 
And so, so let's talk about how did you figure out what roles were going to work for each of you? That you know, what what helped you finally make the decision that okay, you can be the dreamer and I'll I'll be the tangible, the list maker and the and the doer. Of how how did you get those roles ironed out? Well, it it kind of. Um... It kind of happened, you know, organically by itself because, you know, so our background is in software engineering. It didn't happen too organically if he fired you twice. <laughs> yeah, true. Well, the role, the role happened. Me executing on the role was the reason I got fired. Okay? <laughs> but the idea was that um, he continued to do the software development. So it's definitely in the, in, in the back end, right? It's not visible, it's, it's doing all the groundwork. And I'm more of the face of the company, which was a struggle for me because personality wise, like we, I would have loved to be in the back end like him, but that was not an option, right? And he, since he was not going to do it and I didn't really want to do the development, then naturally I started to do that piece. but. We learned that I had to get a lot of training and a lot of support to gain that confidence. That's good. Uh, recognizing that you needed training and being willing to learn in oh, an yes. area that's yeah. so powerful. Yeah, it's when when you have the purpose, you know, there are things those things can be learned right with the right support. So let's talk about that purpose. How did you finally dig out your why that was driving you to stay an entrepreneur rather than go get a job? Um, the lifestyle that we wanted to keep. So being able to keep this house, uh, I wanted to be able to be here, to be able to pick up my kids from school. You know, when we were living in San Francisco, you know, it was crazy. They were, uh, we were picking them up, you know, really, really late. Sometimes we were always the last parents. And just just being more there for them, also being able to afford the the studies that that the education that they wanted to to have. So right now, two are working, and we have one that is finishing high school right now. So she's getting into uh, college next year. Um, so we had that's that's our why. Our why is our kids and providing them with equipping them with all that they need to be happy and successful, you know, in whatever they want to do. Oh, so powerful. So let's talk about family a, a little more, just, just because obviously we talked earlier about designing your business, you know, around what you wanted and, and the lifestyle that you wanted. So what are the blessings of this, this entrepreneurship in raising your family beyond, you know, beyond the schedule, beyond the, the, well, I have the freedom to pick them up and, and I have the freedom to take them, you know, to school or, or go to their sporting events, but let's go a little deeper than, than that surface. So I think it's the possibility, mm. the possibility of what it can become. I mean, especially what we're doing right now in January, we started a new, um, a new side of the business that is that could replace everything that we are doing and that could put us you know in retirement whenever you know when we're ready so it's about what is possible and my husband you know it always says that you know he says you know when you have a job you have your salary and yes you can get a raise or you can get a promotion but when you're an entrepreneur 
there is potential for something absolutely huge in terms of impact, in terms of income, you know, in terms of, um, uh, you know, technology, you know, that's, that's where we are as well. So I think that's, that's what it is. It's the potential. Oh, the potential. love that. So good. All right. What was your most memorable date with your husband? Most memorable. Uh, my first Chinese restaurant in France, super expensive, very expensive, good. Not a lot of food on the plate, but that was my first time. And I think it was one of our first dates. And we were still in uh, at school, right? And uh, that's the memory I have coming. Beautiful. <laughs> so, so not a big plate, giant plate of rice. That's what they do here. They give you a giant plate of rice. <laughs> I mean, I've, been, I've been in the U.S. You know, it's not the all you can eat, and it's not. It was super tiny, super expensive. I had never been in the U.S. at the time, so I didn't know. I'm like, oh, this is Chinese food. Like it's super fancy. There is not a lot, and like we were still hungry at the end, and it was so expensive. I remember <laughs> that as well. All right, so so what do you guys love to do in your free time? What do we do? So we so when we were in the US, we used to flip houses. So we were we would buy houses, we would redo them and sell them for a profit. So here in France, it's a bit different because the house are not made of wood and that's everything's more complicated. You know, uh, stores are not open on Sundays and stuff like that. So. But we are renovating our house. So we've had it quite a few things, you know, solar panels and things like that. Um, so we still enjoy doing that. We um, do some, uh, we like hiking and mountain biking. And uh, we do some gardening as well. We started to grow our, our food. Not a lot, but it's a start. So nice. and, and we don't travel much. We don't go on vacation much because you could say that we are on vacation every day. Though I, I love to get out of this place, but, you know, we are in a really nice, you know, area where, I, like I said, I can go outside and I can get by the pool and and and, and just enjoy. Well, I love talking to entrepreneurs about play and fun and, and the importance of injecting play and fun into your life and business. Yeah. Well, we try to do, your, you know, we have three, three kids and now the two oldest are... 25 and 23. So um, my husband has made this, you know, it's very American, the Sunday family lunch, you know, <laughs> you have to be here. And, uh, and we try to do something. So maybe we do an escape game or maybe we go bowling or, you know, something or a movie or we, we try to, you know, do some activities. We love to do escape games as a family of five. It's super fun. Nice. Like that. All right. Natalie, what inspires you? What inspires me? Uh, people's generosity, giving without asking in return. That really touches me. Nice. Just people helping for the sake of helping. That is, I am a very emotional person. And I can get emotional for somebody doing something for me that's like super nice that I didn't expect. That can make me cry. It's nice. something that's, it's inspires me. Sometimes we don't, um, 
we 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 don't think of the things that could be simple for us to just say or do that could have a bigger impact on others and um so when i see that it's a great reminder so let's let's dig a little deeper into the the power of giving back as as an entrepreneur and and make the ability to make a bigger impact because you're not just working a regular job so basically the, the idea is that like i said you know when you are your own business you are in control of who you want to work you, you want to support so one thing that i've realized so one thing i didn't mention is we really started with creating websites and we went into online courses and recurring membership and through this work that i have done you know through myself i realized that what attracted me to the membership is the recurring model the fact that you start your months knowing that there is an amount of money that's coming in, that's safety, that's financial safety. And I realized that when I meet a woman that wants some financial stability through a membership, that is really, that's really where I feel I make the biggest impact because she goes from, I'm just a coach and, or, or maybe I don't have a business yet, or I have a coach, but as soon as the coaching program is done, have to keep finding clients. So the money is up and down. And through working with me, through a strategy, we can come up with a model where she can reach out to all her past clients and invite them to something, a community, a safe space, where they all have something in common, which is they work with her. And she can provide some support in a way that's very leveraged for her and brings her this you know, recurring income, financial stability. And no, when I get that, and I, and I get the call, like in 48 hours, I got hundred members. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is thousands of dollars suddenly every month coming in that she didn't have two days ago. And to me, that's, that's the impact that I like to make. Oh, that's super powerful. All right. This might be a challenge because I know you guys are kind of living, living the big dream, but what's your big dream? Oh, my big dream. My big dream is to have Search Ditto, which is our SaaS product, in the hands of a hundred podcast agencies. Wow. All right. So, so go ahead. Tell us a little bit more about this product and how it serves podcast agencies. So Search Ditto is a tool. It's a WordPress plugin. It's a tool for content creators. And we have a version for podcasts. And basically, what it does, it, uh, it allows people that have their podcast episodes on their own website. It allows them to quickly, at the click of a button, get a transcript generated and get this transcript added to a search engine. So now when people come to your site, there is a search bar and they can type a keyword and they can see all your episodes where you mention the word. So it's allowing people to consume more of your episodes. Like if you're at episode 300 and then you have a golden nugget in episode 10, nobody's going to go back to that. But through the search, it can be brought back. Um, the tool is also great for people that want to tap into a brand new audience, which is the deaf, the hard of hearing, the neurodivergent and the non-native speakers, because we have audio caption. You know how you have closed caption for video? We have it for audio. So 
we integrate with most uh, podcast players and we just add this functionality. So we we are supercharging podcasts for people that want more listening time, more subscribers. And again, this is for people that have their episodes on their own website. That's a prerequisite. So, so excited about that. How do you leverage your content? Yeah, that's fantastic. So, so let's talk about helping your clients leverage, leverage their content in their marketing. And, and we haven't talked a lot about, about marketing, but, being able to create your your membership site, but then being able to let people know what it is that you actually have, right? Getting getting it out there so yeah. that so that the world knows okay. you exist. Yeah. So this is what's happening. Um, the what I tell people when they come to me and they want to build a membership, the first question that I ask is, "How big is your interest list?" And they if they look at me with big eyes. <laughs> My what? So, okay, well, so tell me, why do you want to build a membership? Well, uh, I have this course and, and I think maybe the price is too high. So I think if I turn the price lower and making recurring, people would join. That's the wrong reason to do a membership. So what I tell people is before, you, before we even start talking about the tech, where it's going to be hosted, you have to validate the idea. And the best way to validate the idea is to build an interest list. So you start talking about it and you ask people to raise their hand and say, I'm interested. So you can post, you can send to your list on social. You can say, hey, I'm thinking of creating this new community. Like if I were to do it, to create this new community for people that want to um, generate uh, a new source of income for their business. Coaches that want to generate a recurring revenue for their business. Is that something you'd be interested in? If yes, enter your name and email. Give me your name and email and I'll let you know when it becomes available. And if people say yes, 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 you gather those emails. Now you have an interest list of people and you've gauged interest. You nurture them while you're building the thing. So you survey them. You say, I'm thinking of having maybe a monthly theme. So every month, there's going to be one topic. I'm going to do a masterclass. We're going to have a Q&A. And maybe I'll have a working session. What do you think? Would you like to see something else? Da, da, da. And you gather those feedback and, and you build it. And then you launch to your interest list. This first launch, the purpose is not to make money. It's to get the best, the, the right people, the ideal people. Because there is nothing worse especially for recurring membership to get the wrong members it's not about getting anybody because if you get the wrong person any feedback that they give you is of no value actually it can potentially hurt you because right. they tell you something that's not relevant so it's about getting the right people so you invite them you know it's your mvp your minimum viable product or your beta program you know however you want to call it but you invite them at a lower price point that will never be available again. And they become your founding members. And they are like your foundation, the people that the early adopters, the, and, and you involve them in shaping it, right? So they're going to be involved in the content, what content gets created. You can make them vote in the support. What type of support do they want? Is there going to be another level that's one-on-one -on -one help maybe? Uh, and the accountability. Do they want a community? Is that going to be a Facebook group? Hopefully not, right? 
Is there going to be uh, an accountability program, you know, um, working session, co-working sessions and things like that. When you involve these people, these people, as long as they get results, they'll stay member. Then you can launch, right? But then you have your solid foundation for your ideal people and they will get give you all the vocabulary, all the marketing that you need to attract more of these people. So that's, mm. that's, that's what I tell people. And you can do the same thing with an online course, actually. But I think with a membership, it's so much more important because there is this recurring, right? Like you do the work once, you sell them once, and then you, you serve them. You sell once, you serve them all the time. Well, I As love you that, that you recognize if you get the wrong people in there and you're using their feedback to modify your course, you could destroy yourself. Yeah. It's easy to get into a, oh my gosh, she said that. Oh my gosh, she left. You know, so that's why when somebody leaves, you absolutely need to have a, a, a survey, you know, an outside survey. And sometimes you might have to give them a bonus for them to do it, you know, depending on, on, your, on, on your market uh, to find out why they left. Maybe they left because, because that's not a problem that they have. Or maybe it's a money issue, or maybe they are too busy, and you know. But but you want to find out, right? You know, absolutely. Out. All right, Natalie, you've just spent an hour helping one of these young women entrepreneurs, um, and you want to leave them with Natalie's words of wisdom. What would you share? Um, well, I would share that what's the most important part is really to take action, even imperfect action. I always say great now is better than perfect never, right? So you have to be willing to try something and for it not to work. I mean, we can see right now how things are changing. The online courses, you know, it's, it's saturated. Everybody's creating online courses. Everybody's creating membership sites. It's changing. And as entrepreneurs, we have to work with that and be okay with it. It's an ever moving Things. So you have to be surrounding yourself with the right people and just be open to pivoting, be curious, but try things. Oh, Natalie, so good. Thank you so much for joining me today and sharing so much of your story and of what you're working on and so much value and wisdom that you've added to our audience. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Robert. It was a pleasure. If you enjoyed the show, please like, subscribe, or leave a review. We have a free gift for you at addvaluemindset.com. That's addvaluemindset.com. We've collected some of the best mindset secrets shared by successful entrepreneurs on our podcast, and we want to give them to you for free. addvaluemindset.com. In our next episode, Kate Erickson is the heartbeat, the machine behind the scenes for Entrepreneurs on Fire. She shares about accepting her gift of administration and how her role is more important than just a secretary. Embracing her gifts has allowed her to thrive and serve their growing business. We also share about building or rebuilding their business around the lifestyle they desire.